I was looking through the list of names in the Bible and those that have compiled it, and that's what we've been doing for the last uh, couple of months, just going through uh, the alphabet. We're down to the letter P. We've got about six more, and we're picking uh, people that you would not uh, think of or maybe don't even have heard of. How many know who Pua was? P-U-A-H. It's a lady, and uh, her parents must have had a really poor sense of humor to give such a uh, title to their daughter. But um, does anybody remember, know who Pua was right off the top of their heads? It's a name you ought to know, very famous, Exodus chapter 1. Pua and Shifra were the two midwives that were in charge of the Hebrew children. And so uh, we're going to look at two people today, one, one, male, one female, one male, with the letter P. And we've got about six more uh, letters to go through, and we'll go on A to Z, uh, just looking at obscure people. There's a lot of things to learn here. And... Uh, We're going to just start reading in verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men child, children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered. Here the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dwelt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And let's get verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Now, what we have here, uh, nothing new. the Egyptians were trying genocide against the Jewish people. And uh, as always, one of the ways that you control people is through their medical treatment. Oh, oh boy, uh, doesn't that sound like what's going on in our nation today? Kind of scary, isn't it? And um, the situation was that Pharaoh said, okay, I got me an idea. We'll solve this. We'll have the Hebrew midwives and we'll use uh, birth control, eugenics. We'll just kill all the men children. And in a generation, there won't be any more Israelites. I will have solved the problem. But these two people were given their names. Pua, Shifra said, we fear God. We are not going to obey Pharaoh. Now, the idea here is that these were probably not the only two 
midwives that serve, serviced the Hebrew population. Uh, uh, one historical record claims that they had 500 different midwives working under them, and they were in charge of the entire uh, group of them. Uh, but they, they were not Hebrew women. They were the women that served the Hebrew women and assisted them in childbirth. And the Bible tells us that they feared God, and this was the reason why they disobeyed Pharaoh. Now, when Pharaoh called them in, it's kind of interesting, the excuse, if you could call it that. Uh, they said, the Egyptian women, uh, they just don't give birth. Norm I mean, it takes forever to get a baby. Uh, but the Hebrew women, they're... They deliver their children. They don't even need our help. And so by the time we get there, everything's already done. And um, someone said, obviously, these two women lied and God blessed their lie, right? No. We, we don't know. Pharaoh was probably in the best position to know whether there was enough truth to what they said to deal with the situation. And if he had wanted to, he could have put these two women to death. He put the chief butler to death for just insulting him, put him in prison for a season, and then hanged him. Or, no, it was the baker. Uh, the butler survived, not the baker. But the simple truth of the matter is, God protected these women for fearing him. And there's something that we need to learn. There's a lot of pressure in our society today to just do wrong things, is there not? No matter where you go. If we could just be more afraid of God than we are of everything else. And apparently there is enough wisdom and enough truth in what these women said, that they were not put to death by Pharaoh for what they did and what they allowed. So, um, the simple truth of the matter is, God protected them. And then, it's absolutely amazing what people do to verse 21. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. And they've tried to take this passage and this verse and say, you know, Pharaoh made houses for the midwives to live in so he could monitor uh, what was going on in the, and made the uh, Hebrew women come to those I mean, come on here. It's very simple here. Um, we've dealt just a little bit with midwives. Uh, we've, uh, my wife's had two different midwives. Uh, and with with our little herd, neither one of them were married, and we've contacted several others. Most midwives are not married. Now, there's a reason. You get called out at 3 o'clock in the morning to go deliver a baby, and you're gone for 10 or 12 hours. That's going to be awful hard for you to take care of your children while you're doing all of these things. God gave them houses. He gave them husbands and he gave them families. And uh, which is, it does happen. It's not impossible to be a midwife and have a family, but it's not by any case the normal way of doing things. 
and God here. And the inference is that they feared God. So I wonder if Pua and, I mean, Shifra were with the people who left the land of Egypt with Moses. That's, that's my thought on that. Uh, if they weren't, I imagine their children were. Amen? And the simple truth is, no matter how evil things get, no matter how uh, terrible the acts and the pressure from the world, I mean, Pharaoh was an absolute monarch, it is better to die serving God than it is to live serving the world. And that is the lesson that we can learn from this strange name. Uh, I think we had one person that looked and said, I think I know who Pua is, but I'm not sure. But uh, like just picking these obscure names and, and looking at the little bit. Now, it's hard to get three points, a poem, and a word on tithing out of three verses of the Bible that talk about what these two uh, uh, ladies did. But there is an, a challenge here for us. You fear God first, and he'll take care of the situation that you're in. How much horrible a situation could you be in than be commanded to murder little babies as they're born? It's not like it is in, you know, I, abortion is a horrible thing, but there is no law in the United States that demands that you go have an abortion. Praise God for that. There are countries that have those laws. There are countries where if they find out that you're with child and it's over the maximum amount of children, government, they, they do everything they possibly can with the exception of uh, chaining up and dragging you into an abortion clinic. And uh, who knows what they do behind closed doors in China and countries like that. But praise God. They, these women feared the Lord, and God provided for them. Just remember that the next time you're challenged, that you're commanded to do something evil. I fear God first. Let come what may. Amen? Now, let's go to the book of Acts. How many know who Publius was? How many of you have been reading your Bible schedules? You just read about Publius. Acts chapter 28. He is the man responsible for a whole island getting the gospel. How many of you have ever, how many of you know what a Maltese cross is? Have you seen the Maltese cross? It's, it's a symbol, it's a type of a cross, it's got it's a unique design, and uh, it dates back to one of the earliest Christian communities in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, in the Bible, it's called the island of Melita. Today, we call it the country of Malta, and uh, this is where Paul ended up after the shipwreck 
after 14 days of being driven up and down by Eurycliden or Eurycyclodon, however you want to pronounce that, and um, we come here to, to uh, verse 7, and it says, In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged just three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, laded us with such things as were necessary. Now, as Paul was shipwrecked, the Bible tells us there were, I believe it's 276 people on the boat. How'd you like to have 276 people show up for dinner unexpectedly? Uh, that's what happened. And this man Publius uh, lodged them, he took care of them, he provided for them, and it says that his father was sick, he had a fever, uh, had a lot of uh, literally lying at death's door, and Paul went in and healed him. And history tells us that there was a Christian church established on this island. Tradition is, from this point in the book of Acts, when Paul left, he was there for three months, that there was a people who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as with all churches that were started by men, they devolved into false religion and, and all of those things. But this man, uh, Publius, or, uh, was instrumental. So often, you have one person that opens up the key to a whole community or a whole area. If you remember the story of um, William Carey, it was one man who was a Hindu, never became saved as far as we know, but with Mr. Carey was able to end the practice of the ritual sacrifice or the murdering of the wife of a person who died, uh, whose husband had died. That was tradition in India for, for generations. And God uses individuals to do his work. And this Publius fellow was a, God, a man that was willing to be used. He was hospitable. You read the passage, the Bible tells us that he was a barbarian. Now, the definition of, the bar, of a barbarian is not uh, what we would think of today. We think of someone who is unmannered and just rude and crude and vile and wicked and hateful and all of these things. And what it meant was they didn't speak Greek and they were not a proper part of Roman or Greek Roman society and culture. These people didn't speak Greek. Uh, they didn't speak the natural languages. They weren't part uh, of the regular Roman society. They were just an isolated little group of people. Rome said... That island's not worth dealing with. We're not even going to put anybody on the island. And yet this man 
reached out, was just what we would call hospitable, and as far as we can tell, got the gospel, and many people believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just an interesting little story, something to think about. And history backs up the things that we're talking about here in the fact that there was a thriving Christian community on the island. I think today the island claims like a 95 or 98 percent Roman Catholic religion. And of course that came in after the time of the Roman Empire and all of that. But it had to start somewhere. started right here in Acts chapter 28 because a man was willing to be hospitable to the Apostle Paul and they listened. And of course, everywhere Paul went, Paul preached the gospel. And all God's people said, Amen. So, two lesser known people, just a little bit of information there. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, we ask that we could just look a little bit at these lives. Lord, number one, that we would fear you. What a great message in the life of Pua and uh, Shifra that they feared you more. And Lord, you protected them and you brought them through that time. Lord, we ask that we would fear you. And Lord... We ask that you would make us mindful that people we could meet could open up a whole realm of the gospel going into the world in which we live. We pray that you would make us faithful, that you would help us to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll take just a moment.